the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. And now it's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This is Be She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You tried to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Mecca, Shane Madison. Madison. Jealousy is something that the Mecca Shane Madison has had to deal with my entire life. It doesn't matter! Because I guarantee that the Mecca will win. And producer Chris. He's just a money-making machine, that guy. As somebody who's featured regularly on their program, I don't think he's going to be able to take enough time away from his other adventures. The guy is a mogul. And now, he, she's wrestling. He, she's wrestling. You know, it's nice to always be right on B. She's Wrestling. And I told you guys a few months ago that AEW was returning in Winnipeg in April. And yes. I, I, my source was right. He is never wrong, my source. My source told me way You're back. You're stooge. He's not a stooge. He's that, well, he's a, he's a good guy. A little bit of a stooge. <laughs> no, no, he's not. Um, AEW Dynamite comes to Winnipeg April the 10th. Mm-hmm. It's a one year almost to the day. It's like right. 13 months later. Yep. Now, the confusing part is I thought WWE was going to bring Road to WrestleMania in February. I don't think that's going to happen because they, they would have got the on sale before Christmas. That didn't happen. So maybe WWE is not here. And Winnipeg is suffering for it because they have drawn great numbers. Yep. And they should have got WWE twice, every six once every six months. I guess they're going to come back in the summer. Because AEW is set for spring, April the 10th, Dynamite. This is going to be great. You know why? It is going to gauge exactly how much market has been lost by AEW. It'll be very tangible. Last year, they almost drew 8,000 in Winnipeg, the second highest attended show in Canada for AEW in the year 2023. Mm -hmm. And they wait a year, they come back. How many people this time? Terrible. I say they'll be lucky if they get 5,000. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of intangibles at play, let me tell you. It's still early. They could get hot with some sort of angle, right? Or program. I have not seen any sign of this company having a heartbeat pulse or anything like that. It's very much the uncool company right now. Like, they are just not, like, honestly, like, you look at all the good stuff WWE's doing, and we'll get into a bunch of that, but, like, they just seem very uncool. They lost. See, what happened was... Tony Khan got named Booker of the Year, Booker of the Year, Booker of the Year. It all went to his head, and he thinks, oh, I'm an instinctive booker. And I've always said an instinctive booker is the most valuable thing you can have. An instinctive booker knows, okay, I can't change this this month or next month, but I can make sure five, six months down the road we're hot. If you sit there and you say, okay, I can't fix this right now, Mm -hmm. but I know exactly where I need to get to where people will care. Now, they failed with CM Punk twice. Yep. They failed with Edge's, Edge came oh. in, and it's talk about bombing with a guy who should have been able to draw. Him and Christian for free on television. In an angle that nobody <laughs> cared about because they've been tied at the hip for 20 years. But they did that to try to move tickets in Canada. Didn't work. Unsuccessful. So now, here's the problem. They have nothing. And now they're going to get Will Ospreay. Yeah. who should easily move the needle forward. Hopefully. If they had any kind of momentum as a product, Will coming in would tie into their top part of their show and move the needle, and they'll blow it. 
They have no concept right now of, hey, if we do this with Will Ospreay, people will care. Nope. They've burned Kenny Omega beyond redemption at this point. MJF, nothing you can do with this guy at this point. (laughs) So they're other than Ospreay, who is in that roster right now who could catch fire? Nobody. Yeah. Now somebody said Hangman Page? Oh God, no. (laughs) That's where they John Moxley? That's their commitment to those two fellas is exactly where this company derailed itself when it had momentum a couple of different times. Oh, we got to get back to Moxley. It doesn't work. Oh, Hangman Page should end Kenny Omega's reign. It didn't work. How about a Continental Classic tournament? Won't (laughs) work. Brian Danielson didn't work. Yeah. And it's because you got a Mark Booker sitting there going, oh, if I could get this guy, we can get hot. No. Yeah. You got to know what to do when you get the ponies. And he does not know. So somebody said to me today, when, I, when they said, AEW's coming to town. So are you going to get tickets? He said, no, I don't. Well, maybe if they do Edge versus Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why Edge versus Chris Jericho? Well, they're two of my, two of my favorite all-time wrestlers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, last time in Winnipeg, this is how bad the Mark Booker performed. Oh, we got Kenny Omega. We got Chris Jericho and we got Don Gals. We got to get them in the ring together. You idiots. Yeah, nobody cares. You could have had Jericho wrestle and people would have went crazy. Then you could have had Kenny Omega wrestle. People would have went crazy. You could have had Don Callis in the ring. People would have went crazy. You don't need to put them all in the same angle. <laughs> and then there's but no he's like, follow well, that's, that's what's going to make Winnipeg work. Uh, you fool. Yep. You had all the momentum in the marketplace. Winnipeg was so hot for AEW last March. And now everyone I talk to says it is a dead product. This has sunk faster than WCW 1999. It's very bad. It I, is, I, it is now, horrible. What happens now? We've heard the rumors of Monday Night Raw potentially going down to TNT. Well, the Warner Brothers Discovery in some form is... The, it, yeah, they're the front runners right now. And you Can know... You, what would... Like, that... They'll well, no, canceled. that's not the end of the world for, for AEW. They will get a different rights package with another network, but realistically, Fox is out of wrestling. In 2025, is AEW on TNT and TBS? I think so, and I'll tell you why. Okay. But r- what you're looking at right now is Fox leaving, like getting out of the wrestling business, created a vacuum where now you've only got cable, so CW came back in and p- picked up uh, NXT, yep. and USA stayed in the game with SmackDown. SmackDown. Yep. Warner Brothers Discovery sitting there saying, "Hey, we would rather have the proven Monday Night Raw than the erratic numbers of AEW." Right. So then that means AEW now will go to maybe WGN. So there, you think they get a they get a rights package, they, but they'd get kicked off for sure. Just like oh, they won't. I don't think they would keep both. Right, just like when Vince went to Spike, well, ECW was. See you later. What would be the appetite for Warner Brothers Discovery to say, okay, we're getting, we're going to pay a fortune to get Monday right. Monday Night Raw. Let's keep the number Let's two keep brand. The number two brand <laughs> two nights later. And now here's what hurt AEW the worst. I've thought about this a lot. They have bombed with all the talent acquisition. They they acquire all the best talent. No idea how to get them into hot angles. No. Well, we'll get a hot start. But we don't get hot angle. You need to get them into a hot angle that lasts two two cycles of pay per view. I haven't even watched the last pay per view. Yes, and I'm not going to. Like, there you no. go. That, oh. And that's bad. That is bad. So, I might watch the Swerve Strickland uh, Hangman Page match just to see it. They think Swerve Strickland is the next top guy in this I, company. I think he is. I think he is. Like, sorry, wrong. I think he is a top guy. Yeah. Are they going to screw him up? Yes, of course they will. They have no 
true vision. No. Or now, direction. here's what they should want. So they sit there and they think, oh, if we can get the right angle, and they think of angles as, well, we'll get to a pay-per-view and blow it off. No, a good angle can go two cycles, two pay-per-views. And if you can start getting angles that can last two cycles. It can go longer than that, actually. Well, yeah, especially yeah. if you have the vision for it. Yeah. But if you can get your angles to go past the first pay-per-view to the second pay-per-view, you then have, it It doesn't seem like you're erratically shotgun booking. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, this guy's got a vision and this guy's got, look at the build. Nobody has said, look at the build in AEW ever. No, there's it, never been something where they were like, Oh, it finally built to something. It's so funny how now, like back in the day, years ago, AEW was like, you, you can't miss it. Like there was something unpredictable happened yes. every week on their television. And now there's one too much television. Yep. But that's two, what actually killed it. I was going to get to that point. But. Yeah. But two, it's just like, it's just, it's a dead brand right now. Yeah. There's nothing happening. It became a little bit like ECW where you remember back in the day, the whole thing was Paul Heyman was like, we need a, a surprise every show. If you have a surprise every show, it's not a surprise anymore. And that's kind of how AEW was, where you but, did tune in, something different would happen, but now it's just more of the same. Well, over but even over. ECW, right till up to the very end in that Pine Bluff, Arkansas match or show in 2001. They, they were still hot. Oh, they yeah. were still selling tickets. Yeah, absolutely. There, there was nobody. That brand was still, that yeah. brand still had legs. It just didn't have money. Yeah, People that, were that, still in the building. That's yeah. where the you comparison know? ends. Here, here's so. where, yeah. here's but like, what, but like it, you know, in Montreal, Montreal. They didn't, 5, have, any, they didn't tickets. have any French people. And the night like before they didn't have collision, a French star. collision was like 3,000 people. Yeah. And that had Ethan Page yeah. against Kenny Omega, which I do want to see that match just mm-hmm. out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Do you know what killed this brand completely though? They already were booked badly. Right from the start, they were booked badly. But when you added more hours of yeah. TV, yeah. it exposed how bad this booker had no vision. And now he's got to sit there and he's got to try to make relevant programming five hours a week it's as opposed diluted to two. everything it yeah. it absolutely exposed he has no idea when he only had two hours people get a little taste of it and they go god i want more but hey all in thirty thousand tickets sold for next august didn't they have 50 or 70 when they were <laughs> yeah. like this early last time and and you know and again tickets are crazy money they're like way more this year than they were last year and you know what's going to happen when they get close to the date here come the two for ones here come the three for ones like, that's what yeah. they're going to do in winnipeg Absolutely. you know what i think they're going to draw in winnipeg i think their on sale is going to be really light in winnipeg yeah i think so too i think it's going to be scary and then and that's going to be the gauge that's going to have the company going what happened like winnipeg they bought five thousand tickets yeah. before christmas last year and now they just don't seem to care yeah and then they're going to be like, okay, what can we do? And then they're going to panic and they're going to throw out Jericho versus Omega because they think, oh, if we can get those two in the ring, Winnipeg will care. Yep. And no, that won't work. Yeah. I can't believe what it was with this booker who thought, let and Omega did it to himself too. Omega hitching his wagon to Don Callis did nothing no. for Kenny Omega, the best pure wrestler on the planet. Yep. Now they're going to lead to Omega and Osprey at some point. And people are going to want Osprey to win. Nobody's going to want Omega to win. Yeah. Well, that's, even, how, that's how bad they've pissed on Kenny Omega. And producer Chris, wasn't it you who sent me that meme about Jungle Boy? Like, congratulations, you killed the company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that, that went viral. Like, how funny is that? Yeah. And I thought about that. I go, eh, that's kind of right. True. Now, it's interesting yeah. to say. Like, it's not, like, guys, it's over. How like, much WWE, we- AW, it's over. Well, it is over. It is over. This is, it's over. This is WCW 1999. Yeah. Hey, let's go get Vince Russo and Ed Ferreira. It's dead. Let's water. let's maybe we can save this. No, the, only there's not too many people who think that they can save it. Um, 
I think the problem for, for, it's amazing if you sit there and you try to guess book and everyone is saying, oh, you, is that CM Punk thing a work now? I think there was, there was people in the AEW locker room who thought Punk was coming back. I'm not the only person yeah. oh, that yeah. thought this was a work. Yeah. There were people in that locker room who thought Punk is still part of that this. That is the wrestling mentality yes. normally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I often think what would have happened if they had let, if they had protected Punk from the guys who wanted to stop Punk from being successful. Could Punk have caught fire? Not in that erratic, no dysfunctional wrestling company? No. no. So how do you fix an erratic, dysfunctional wrestling company? Well, you have to identify the guy that's going to come in and run this company. You know, people two months ago were saying, well, Brian Danielson, Vince used to like Brian Danielson as a booker. <laughs> Brian Danielson's going to fix it. He's going to run collision. It hasn't worked. No. And I said it then, it wasn't going to work. They need to find a guy. And I don't know this guy now because it's it, it's not going to be a guy who leaves WWE to go to All Elite and run that company. He's it, not out there. This guy Scott is not Demore out there. is the guy. He ain't going. Now, he's not no. leaving what he knows for what he knows. He's not going there. And what I mean by that is he knows what he's got with Anthem, yeah. where you run the show, you're the president. Yeah. He is not going to go work for the guy who is the owner of a billionaire or the son of a billionaire and wants to run it. And no matter what you do, he's going to, he's going to screw it up for you. There's animosity with TNA and uh, AEW because AEW stole like so many of their production every ch- people. And they, every chance they get, they yeah. try to raid that talent because, well, what something's working at, at TNA. Let's get them over here. It can work here. The problem here is you got a kid who grew up reading wrestling magazines and wrestling observers who never learned the wrestling business and then said, my dad's putting in a hundred million and I want you to be an EVP. I want you to be an EVP, but I am calling the shots and I am running this company and I don't care what you guys think because this is a lifelong dream for me. And he, Mark Merrick, (laughs) Mark Merrick, Mark Merrick and Tony (laughs) Khan. Yeah. That should be the biggest compliment Mark Merrick ever hears on this show. So here's where they're at in Winnipeg. It will be under 5,000. They will panic. For Dynamite and Rampage. Yeah, they will. That's exactly what we got last time. Not Collision. Yeah. Or ROH. Right. They will panic when they see the on sale. They will realize they're up against up against it in this town, and they will realize. See, if they had done Dynamite in March and announced a return date, yeah. they would. They had momentum. And tickets on sale at intermission. Yeah. Boom. They would have had seven. They would have had seven thousand dollars. Seven thousand people the second time, but not this time. No. This brand is not very popular. Um, hey, Donnie DiCaprio appearance on Ring of Honor this week. Very cool. Against Wheeler Yuta, and Bobby Sharp was in a tag team match on Ring of Honor, and you know, conspicuous by his absence, no Mentolo. Yeah. I talked to Mentolo several weeks ago about you know, hey Montreal, you know, and like I. Don't, I don't know. Next time I see him, I'll ask him. But it would have been nice to see Mentolo yeah. on that uh, on Rampage or Ring of Honor. That would have been good. Yeah, and I think I was very vocal last summer when he did Saskatchewan, and I said they have to put this guy on a contract. It is a low risk, high. There's no. There's no yeah. risk, and it's a very high potential for reward because he can work anywhere on any roster yeah. you've got. He can be on Dynamite. He could have been on Collision. He could have been on Ring of Honor. He could have just worked Rampage matches, but they didn't see it. And again, this is a case where they have so much talent that absolutely does nothing for their brand. Mm-hmm. And and then they they do this. It's well, they I, don't they don't build anybody. So that's the thing. They'd have to they would have to build in quotation marks Mentolo where they can bring in these good, guys. Yeah, so they they don't know how to build. Okay, so who is one guy that we can say that they've built right now? Wheeler Yuta, probably. 
that, I but I, I don't mean, know if you'd call, see call a big it deal. No, I mean I would say they've done a, a Starks. Okay, well, here's yeah, they have yeah, defined built because they've built Wardlow and screwed him up. Yeah, well, they built he, Hook, screwed him up. Yeah. They've built Cassidy, screwed him up. They got momentum on those guys, but built means that they're top guys made in the business, and like MJF is the only guy that they built, and now they're screwing. Him okay, up. so I think you mean who's made there? Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've and, made anybody. Yeah, they they haven't made anybody. Yeah. they haven't made anybody. MJF. MJF has been is made. He's well. I mean, I, I would even he, argue that I think he was kind of made coming in from MLW. No, like he was hot. Nobody he knew who he was. But when he's castrated now, though. Yes. This the, this whole thing is so stupid. Like, first of all, he went from I'm only wrestling on certain shows. Now he's on every show, every week, defending on the pre-show, defending in the main event. He's just overexposed. He's like backing down to Wardlow when Wardlow's choking him in the corner. Like it's just they've just neutered well, this well, guy. It would have worked. It's brutal. It, how they thought they needed to turn him babyface. And one of the things that absolutely killed him, and I'll tell you exactly where it died for me, is he's the AEW heavyweight champion and the ROH tag team champion. Yeah. And he seems to care more about the stupid tag belt than he cares yeah. about the AEW championship. Like, Have you seen Adam Cole come out? He looks like he's like, he's like homeless. There's a guy who, like, much is- like Hangman Page... They, they think he's bigger than he is. He he's got to be looking over at the other channel. I'm going, man. Did I ever screw up? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like you know what I mean. There's a lot of guys. You don't think Edge is sitting there going, oh, I should have probably just stayed where I was. Well, in Edge's defense, what more can you do with a 50 year old guy? You've kind of give him his swan song angle. I mean, like the one thing he could have done in WWE is he could have ascended to Undertaker status, where he just had to do one angle a year from Rumble he to done Mania. That. Yep. Make a big payday and be a part of Mania every year and be treated as an iconic legend. Mm. Now it's like that would be the only thing. Now you're do. like an iconic legend in WWE history, and you seem to go slum it in AEW. Yeah. Now and the next move for him should be okay. Now if he's done with Christian, is I hope he's not done with Christian. No. I don't think he's I don't think he's done with Christian. Okay, but where can you go with that? That was an angle that was never going to draw money. That's not for us to figure out. That's for the <laughs> yeah. booker who of the has, year to figure who out. Who has followed wrestling for the last 20 years thinking in their mind, I need an Edge Christian program. They were like, "Oh, it's 40 years in the making this match." And <laughs> but the problem is, is that they've always been associated in some way. Yeah. Even when Christian was in TNA and and Edge was in WWE, they still were so, like, people still thought of them as the same mm-hmm. the same pair. Nobody sat there and said, wow, when these guys, it's like Animal and Hawk never would have drawn money as an angle. Bubba Ray and Devon never would have drawn money as an angle. Mm-hmm. Billy and Road Dog never would have drawn money as an angle. Neidhart and Brett never would. It doesn't, yeah. you're, the thought of, oh, when we split this team, it's going to draw money, it doesn't ever work Maybe that they're way. thinking. One guy goes on to be a star, and the other guy always ends up second place. Well, maybe they're thinking that these were two singles wrestlers that joined to be a tag team, like Bubba Ray and Devon, that is a tag team. The Heart Foundation, that is a tag team. The Legion of Doom, that is a tag team. This this is Edge and Christian, or were They started two, out more as a tag team than a single. They wrestler. were in tag team matches, but they weren't like Demolition, the Killer Bees, the British Bulldogs. They were Edge and Christian. Yeah. yeah, it's not like they were called like. Do you know what I mean? Like back in the yeah, old yeah, when days, they were at the Brood, it was they they both kind of did their own thing and then came together for yeah. tag matches. To I see me, what you're getting at. To yeah. me, Edge could have been momentum for them if they yeah, brought absolutely. him in and had 
a better angle that he's never touched the he, he's never interacted with like him and MJF could have been money and and we've totally forgotten the fact that Darby Allen was just like slammed on stairs yeah. and like totally screwed up in that match who's by the way he's climbing Mount Everest right now he's training to climb Mount Everest that's another, this guy's insane that's yeah. another funny point you bring up though here's where it kind of went south for MJF as champion yeah. remember in Winnipeg when they started that four pillars thing yeah. and and he, yeah. he's in there with guys that are underneath him Mm -hmm. And now, how do you like? Nobody thinks that this is going to be a great angle. It was Darby Allen, and it was uh, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy, Stark, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara. It? Yeah, it was Sammy. Oh, Sammy. And okay. nobody was at MJF status. Nobody should have been pushed to a heavyweight title. You do that in a rebuilding year. They still had momentum, yeah. and when they did that, that's the beginning of the end of momentum for them. I don't think they'll ever get it back. I I can't fathom it. Talk about momentum. How about WWE? Oh. And CM Punk, yes, Survivor Series, Huge. and they they did not need CM Punk, no. which is why everyone believed there's no reason for them to book. And CM listen, Punk. I will say, like, of course, we never say never. I was very surprised to see him come out because there's a lot of people that weren't that don't want him there, right? I heard Triple H doesn't like him. I actually can relate to CM Punk, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But like, you have to really give Triple H a pat on the back when he says. You know what? There are guys that want him here. There are guys that don't want him here, but he's a lightning rod. People pay attention to him. And at the end of the day, if the fans want it, we'll figure out all the other stuff on the back end. So kudos to Triple and H for putting business first. And that's the difference. Yeah. And also, Punk comes out. Did you notice? Punk doesn't come out. Scraggly, gray beard. No, they put him in the makeup hair. chair and they made like, sure. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> it's just like, you know what? This guy looks 10 years younger. Yeah. He doesn't come out looking like a slob, looking like a homeless bum like Adam Cole. He comes out, he's refreshed, new haircut, trimmed his beard down so you don't see so much gray. It's like, that is just that WWE machine. And that's what I tell. Yeah. It's a professional outfit. Top to bottom. The same makeup artist that trimmed Vince McMahon's mustache and said, this is a good look for you, said, I'm going to make you look 10 years younger. It will translate on TV. Now, the thing with Punk, here's the difference in AEW to WWE. Triple H is a leader who, he's like a head coach and a general manager of a sports of a successful sports franchise. Mm. If this doesn't work, I will make the appropriate cut professionally to fix whatever doesn't work. Yeah. This is going to work because this will work. Yeah. This is going to work because this is the vision. Yeah. And if you stay in this line, if, if Phil Brooks stays in this lane yeah. and trust the process, he will be very successful, make a lot of money and be very marketable. And in the, in the meantime, while Phil Brooks is doing that, anyone who doesn't like Phil Brooks just has to realize we all like making money. Yeah. And we all, we all are here to do one thing, and that's build WWE to be stronger. The problem in AEW was too many people thought about themselves. Yes. And nobody thought about the, the freaking brand. Yep. And if you think about the fees and brand, it's very close. first and foremost, <laughs> you will be successful. I, I, I laughed when they said there's a behavior clause in his contract, which honestly, there's here's not here. I don't think that so gives them, that gives you creative elements right. that yeah. you can talk about. Here's what I will say. And this is why I say I relate to CM Punk. I don't buy for one second that he's a pain in the ass in the back. No, I don't buy. I think he's an old school guy who understands the business, but you have to change with the times, but there's all these millennial wimps gentle, basically yeah, gentle who are like they have to be coddled they have to be heard like it's just like and it's like guys yes there is some of that but at the end of the day we're running a business and i don't think cm punk is difficult to work with i think he was given a bad 
um, a, he got the shit end of the stick in AE, AEW. I still think there's more there for him to give. And the reason why I can relate to him, I think the guy's misunderstood. I think a lot of people don't understand what they have with him, just like some people don't understand what they have with me. Okay, a lot so of times that's what you relate to. People think, oh, CM Punk, he's difficult to work with. Is he, though? Well, I think he was. There were certain things that you heard about in, in AEW well, yeah, where because he was saying, this guy can't be in the building. And and he was that was kind of well, like we don't know I thought that, that, that was all a work. We don't know but that Chris that, Daniels being th- kicked out of a building or told not to come because yeah. So it was like the, they if you run your company dysfunctionally, you're going to get dysfun- you're yeah. going to get really dysfunctional outcomes. And you if you're smart, you can turn dysfunction into money if you can spot it and learn how to work with it. WWE is completely functional to every, everything they do from the way that their ring is set up to the way that they're like, I I watch NXT and I'm like, this little studio looks amazing. Oh, it's amazing. And I couldn't get a ticket when I was in Florida last week. You know how hard it is to get a ticket for NXT? It's flawless. And that's in every way. So there's not, you never hear in WWE. When was the last time somebody got fired on a, on a behavioral breach or like buff (laughs) riddle probably, but that's, Few and far between. Yeah, like it's and it's a personality yeah. thing. That- yeah, WWE is a professional organization. They're not going to put up with any of this crap, uh, any of this stuff that people think CM Punk pulled in AEW. It's not going to fly. If he screws up once, he's he's gone. I don't they think don't it's even going to happen. Though. It's not going to happen. It's going to be money, and he's going to be able to leave and leave a good taste in everybody's mouth and do good business. So, what programs? I heard it's a long term contract. What program is he in at Mania? They're they're going to go right to Seth Rollins and CM Punk, and that's a good that's money. Yeah. Um. And then and the ultimate goal is CM Punk Roman Reigns. Okay. So then, okay, let's let's now, armchair, Cody, let's armchair this. Cody, Cody is uh-oh. definitely winning the Rumble. That's if you look at what happened yeah. from Survivor Series, it is very clear the plan right now is he's going to win the Rumble. What about Randy Orton also returned. I think you're and gonna, looking huge, by the I way. Have a 43 feeling, years old looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Does Randy Orton versus LA Knight make sense at Mania? They're a tag team on SmackDown so, this week. Yeah, so. they could be leading somewhere but, there. Like, but again, it's WWE. Now you look at LA Knight still in the mix. Randy Orton's back. CM Punk's back. Cody's in the mix. Like all these things. This is a stacked <laughs> well, roster and, and, with yeah. lots of good stuff And if stuff you happening. had Tony Khan booking this, he'd be like, I got too many guys near the top. I got to focus on two. Meanwhile, yep. if you got five, it starts with one and then it's, yep. and then you, everyone is hot. This is much like Attitude Era where Rock and Austin were very hot and you still had Undertaker in the, in the, in the top, in the upper echelon. You had, um, Triple H was rising into that spot and the Kane was in the, in the realm. They had so many guys that were so hot at the exact same time. But this is when you always break my balls about the WWE Kool-Aid. I drink the WWE Kool-Aid because it's a professionally run outfit that knows what they're doing. You have, you have tattoos, right? Yeah. Where do you have your WWE tattoos? On my, on my butt. Yeah. I figured that. I figured that it's somewhere I hadn't seen it. So, um, (laughs) you are the biggest WWE fan I know. I'm a, I am the biggest fan of professional wrestling. Yeah. Treating it professionally like a business. Like there's, believe me, there's lots of things about WWE I don't like. I don't like the canned stale look that they have. I think they need to update some of their presentation, but it is a, like, if you look at the business of the business, nobody can touch these guys. They have the best roster they've had in 20 years. Oh, they have so much depth. They're, Logan Paul, you didn't ri- mention. Yeah, Logan Paul is, uh, we've talked about this guy. This guy it's is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's had four matches. Yeah. His second match ever 
was main eventing against the world champion in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he can draw money for you at Mania in a like there's and then you have the women. Oh, you have everything. Women are there. flawless, and it's like and you look at NXT. Yeah. You look at who they have coming up in NXT. Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, Kiana James, Fallon Henley. All these people, you guys probably don't even know what the hell I'm no, talking Braun about. No, Braun Breaker is going to be huge. But like, you know, they're just, they're leaving them down there to season, yeah. season, season. It's what marinate, a good championship marinate. team's does. A good championship Absolutely. team does. How, what are we at for time? We are at 27 minutes. Okay, I've got one last thing before okay. we go. We talked about the very, very um, meticulously presented WWE and how fancy it is. Dave Marquez, who yep. was one of the people who was talking to CW Network recently before it went to, everyone thought it was going to NWA, now it's obviously going to be the home of NXT. Dave Marquez posted on on Facebook recently, we shared it. Um, is there an appetite for wrestling at a local level to go back to the arena and just be a dark arena with lights over a ring? And yes, he did post this. And I saw it. He's an idiot. I don't know if he's an idiot. I'll tell you why. I think a retro, uh, I'm trying to think of how to say it. I think if you go back to the simplistic nature of wrestling present presentation and you get back to conflict-based booking and you have the right ponies that people can believe in, you might be able to draw with it. I don't think so. Because you got to remember, you're booking to the masses. The masses, the masses like is fancy. Watch, and they're watching TV and they expect that when they go to a house show. So you do need to have some bells and whistles there. This also coming on a time when they're talking about cutting house shows down. They should. Right. There's because a, they're they're not money. They're well, not, no, they shows, used to be the money maker. House yeah, shows not, have it was a it was a barometer of the business. Yeah. yeah. Right? House shows have to draw money from ticket sales and merch sales, but it risks your talent getting burnout. It risks your talent getting beat up. And I just don't think there's enough value in it on the back end when the company is making all of their money from streaming and hmm. broadcast and international licensing. There's no need for that. For that, And honestly, if they cut house shows, the local indies might be able to gain some traction because with WWE not coming, Little Junior is still a wrestling fan, but he can't go to a WWE show. Maybe he's going to go to get behind local independent. Well, we know... Mark Merrick would like that. They don't spend that money exactly. on the WWE ticket. But <laughs> you, speaking of merchandise, hey, how about getting back to CM Punk? He's selling the most merchandise in AEW. Both companies. And WWE. That's the best. I love this yeah, guy. Honestly, too. I love CM Punk. It wasn't that long ago you were absolutely sh shit canning him as unprofessional. You also love Cody, I heard. You said I do you love did Cody. not care about CM Punk. He doesn't do, he didn't do anything for me in yes. AEW. But bringing him into WWE with the machine behind him, because again, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah, right? Yeah. Good uh, leadership in, in AEW could have got to the promised land with CM Punk. Yes. And Brian Danielson and Edge. And Adam and Cole. And Kenny Omega and Adam Cole. And Wardlow. Everyone they've dropped the ball with, you can look at one common denominator. Dave Meltzer caused this to happen by... And his readers by saying, this is the booker of the year. Trust in this guy. So he believed in himself. The fact that Kenny Omega is nowhere near the top of the AEW card tells you how bad of a booker this guy is. He, Kenny is one of the few guys that could possibly get steam 
if they just tied all their wagons to him, you're a baby face. You're going to wrestle against international standouts and you're going to wrestle against our top heels. And there's going to be, you will never be associated with Don Callis in any way, shape or form. Again, I don't even want you guys traveling from Winnipeg to our events together. You guys are two separate entities. Don Callis is going to manage some jobber in the uh, underneath on, on, on explode on Explosion. rampage on rampage. <laughs> well, yeah. He's going to, he's going to manage a jobber on rampage. We're going to keep him on a Sir contract. Pentico. Yeah, we're going to yeah. we're going to keep him on contract as a favor to you. You are our top guy. You never we're Distance erasing yourself. the history of you and Don Callis because it has been absolutely detrimental to your career. And Kenny Omega, how what do you think he's thinking? Looking like he signed that long-term deal with them. Happy. He's got creative freedom. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that's it. that's been the knock on Kenny, right? Yeah. Super talented guy, but man, does that guy make bad business decisions? He could sometimes. not work in the confines of WWE. No, no. Him and Triple H could not get on the same yeah. page, and it would not work. He would stifle him, and he would he would go in and do a program with AJ. Everyone would get excited. They'd have a five star match, and then he would end up in the mid card. He'd stifle him, but he'd have a bigger bank account. His body would. Well, be, I think he's got a very happy bank account. It is, but he would have. Again, we talked about it. You can't be a legend or an icon in this business unless you've had a run there At, or a mania match. And he won't. And he won't be yeah. like. And How long before Goldberg ends up in AEW? I. That, that's we know always going to talk. We but, know it's, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, because yeah. this guy is looking at TV numbers and looking at empty buildings and says, "Okay, uh, let's bring uh, Goldberg uh, in." I got to think of something. He was on TBS. Okay, so uh, okay, I can get Goldberg. Uh, is Mick Foley under contract at WWE? Can we get him? Will he Dolph wrestle? Ziggler? Yeah, Dolph Ziggler is yeah. going to. We can do some with Dolph. He's sitting there panicking <laughs> and fr- uh, I'm going to do a mountain of cocaine and I'm going to just if I just Cookies. yeah I'm going to be the guy that can get us back on top. He's putting it on himself. And, he th- and he's going to try what he's tried. He's no Herb Abrams. <laughs> and he's going to end up worse than the Herb Abrams. Yeah. And now Triple H is sitting back, slow and steady, no. build, 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 build. Triple H has eight different ideas of what the main event could be at WrestleMania, and they're all better than anything yeah. that the other companies And have. we're talking about it, and we're excited about before, it. Now. Before we move on, uh, should we talk about uh, Endeavor streaming another wrestling product? It's That I, it broke earlier, late last week. Endeavor is going to carry TNA plus or whatever. And starting January 5th. What does that mean? Is there big money for TNA? Is it like it, to me, it was not a nothing story. It's a, it's interesting considering they own the competition. I mean, TNA uh, Endeavor owns WWE. They're going to stream another company on Endeavor's platform. Yeah, but so the new ownership of WWE is way different than the previous ownership where Vince wanted to cut your, cut your, his competition right across the throat and put them out of business. Endeavor doesn't think like that. Endeavor comes from, Endeavor made their money in the talent agency business. Yeah. Right. And, and Endeavor's whole idea was get more stallions that you, that you represent and you can make more money. So in Endeavor's world, they might have said in the 1990s, they might have had Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone. Well, technically, they're two competing brands for action action hero roles. But having both of them, is, you can pump out way more content that people will buy. I, I agree. It's just an interesting thing considering the past. You know, we haven't seen this You're in thinking, the mo- yeah. modern era. Like, I mean, there used to be you turn on the television and you could get on Channel 7, for example, you get three different types of wrestling back to back. It didn't matter. We haven't seen that in the modern era. Well, I think for 25 I, years. I think the Vince McMahon era is as dead as dead as ever going to be. I think right now, um, WWE is sitting there going, no one can touch us. No one's going to 
even yeah. bite into our international money. No one's going to bite into our rights fees. It's over. There's room for other players. We don't care. In fact, they might help produce talent for us. We can. I have a feeling actually WWE will start a gentle collaboration, maybe with TNA, maybe with NWA. It won't be AEW, and it won't be because no. Triple H won't work with AEW. It's because Tony Khan wants to be WWE and does not want to work with WWE. I think that's a story for TNA yeah. because they are have now a tie with Endeavor. I don't think WWE really matters, but if you think about it, like like you said, Mike, that could be good because they can quietly kind of have a loose affiliation where they can kind of pick some guys and bring them up. So that's good for TNA. That's good for WWE. That ain't good for Tony. Yeah. No, nothing in 2023 has been good for Tony And Khan. if they can get that sort of soft relationship you're talking about, WWE can use TNA. They can send guys down if they need a, a guy to go away for a while. How can I miss you if you yeah, don't go so away? You, so you're the relationship you're thinking of would be very similar to WWE with, like developmental. E, with yeah. ECW in the late 90s. Yeah, exactly. Very, very loose affiliation at the time. Not a lot of people was aware that it was happening, but that's how I see this happening. In a perfect world, Endeavor gives TNA some money so TNA can fund some expansion. If I'm WWE, I want the responsible leadership of TNA being number two because you're not getting talent getting burned for the sake of being burned. You're not getting those towns, get those cities and those venues getting burned for the sake of Tony Tony's vanity project. It's so there business, might be yeah. something where WWE is sitting there saying, let's make TNA a little bit more viable so that they can battle with, with All Elite because we're not going to battle with All Elite. We've, we've killed them. So <laughs> yeah, it's over. It's yeah. like but stick a fork in. Let's it. take it to break. We've gone long. This episode of B She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B E. E-Z-S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. So the promoter for Primo's Wrestling, it's hard to believe that Primo's is kicking off our local coverage. Well, we're starting local second because there's so much mainstream. Yeah, and AEW coming to Winnipeg was a big story. But the owner of Primo's Wrestling, Player One, Graham Keem, Mark Merrick, has decided he thinks he's going to... Trick us. Yeah, he thinks he's luring (laughs) Bishi's Wrestling into a trap. He, d- he said to, he had a crew meeting. He said, I don't want this leaking to be she's wrestling. And of course, somebody called us and told us every detail <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and it's like, it's I heard so it and I was like, he knew this was going to happen. Yeah. So he leaks some information. He's cause he wants us to talk about it. Cause it's going to help his company. Right. Little does he know. Keep doing what you're doing. We're going to keep talking about you. So, and we're going to talk about you the same way until you start doing things better. Yeah. We want your company to do good. Yes. Yeah. I, I actually love having Primo's as the very weak third place candidate very weak. in local wrestling where Adam Knight is a top guy and Billy Blaze. I like Billy. 
he's booking there. He's doing his best. They're running it back on January 20th. And they added Hollywood Haley J from that show you don't watch wrestlers. If she can get across the border. Why won't she get across the border? I have, well, I don't think she's getting into Canada. You know what I'll tell you? Because I know a little bit more about border, dealings with border. Because when I ran AEW and I ran WFX, I had a very, very good relationship with the supervisors at Canada Border Services in Winnipeg to the point where they said, stop. I remember after the 2005 incident with Luger, he had a warrant. They didn't let him across the line. (laughs) That's a story that I shouldn't glance over. People are like, what? (laughs) What's happening with Lex Luger? But I went out and I publicly ripped on them in the newspaper and they called me and they said, our supervisor wants to talk to you because that, what you did in the paper was, was wrong. And in that conversation, I went down to the airport and it was a great, we met, they wouldn't let me go behind the door. They came out to talk to me (laughs) and they were like, listen, you're out of line blaming us. We can't tell you why he didn't get into Canada. It turned out he had an active warrant. They did the right thing. They said, we did the right thing. He was inadmissible to Canada under any circumstance. Once we knew that we had to turn him away. But you know what they told me? They said, you as a wrestling promoter need to stop thinking we're your enemy. April Hunter came across the line and she tried to lie to them. They caught her. What did, Autumn, she, what did she say? She said, I'm just here to meet a guy. A, a guy flew me up. I'm not wrestling. She was on the front page of the sun. They, they yeah. pulled out the sun and they said, you are not wrestling. Mm-hmm. You are lying to us. Automatic yeah. ejection from this country. But you know what they said? We're going to let her in because there's no other reason to eject her. And she's just being stupid. And she was stupid because I had sent a letter to every talent saying, present this letter. They will process and let it yeah. in. You know who gave me that letter? Your buddy, Jeff Cavanaugh. He oh, said yes. they used it for border city and I used it for years and it was perfect. Yeah. So you know what they told me at Canada border services? They said, if you tell us honestly, who's coming across, we will pre-process them so that they don't have to wait for us to look them up in the system. And Hey, psst, advice for Mark Merrick. Yes. Listen up. So they would say, they said, send us the list, what time they're landing and our people will quickly get them through so that they're not stuck while we're looking them up in the system and asking them about that DUI or that assault arrest, Scott Steiner. We will gladly have them come over here. We'll treat them with class and respect, get them through as fast as possible and tell them not to lie to us. We want them to, we want them to come and perform for you. And every time they were, it was the most seamless pro, uh, product uh, project to get them across the line. Johnny Fairplay, so many guys that Sabu, they got through the border so quick because of this. So, do you think Mark Merrick's going to do? No, because wrestling, wrestling promoters think, oh, they're going to screw us. They're going to they're going to turn our talent away. There is not a border agent going. I'm going to screw this up. Well, maybe you're trying to sabotage primos, <laughs> or should we say villain enterprise wrestling? Oh, I, may also I I had this thought <laughs> while you were explaining this. Maybe he's double working us. Oh, oh yes. I'm double working. No, or, maybe Merrick is double working us. Yes, he, he released this information knowing that it would get back to us. Yes, he knew that this was going to get to us. There's no way you're going to say that in a room full of wrestlers and no one's going to text us and go, you should hear what he's saying right now. This is the best. That's exactly what it was. Like it was the night of the show and I got, you should hear what's being said about you at the Primo show right now. And I was like, how bad? And it was like, it's not bad, but it's, (laughs) and I was like, this is him working you to work me. And he's the idiot who's going to end up worked. So Marty Skrull is going to come back. 
Mm-hmm. And they're going to do an angle. Marty Skrull is going to somehow end up the owner of Primo's Wrestling. Now, I'm going to tell you why that's a bad idea. When you Google sc- search Marty Skrull, mm-hmm. you hear things that make you go, I don't know about this guy. We talked about it before. Yep. Sure, you're getting a great talent, but he doesn't move the needle. He will not, like, you're running at the Pyramid Cabaret that holds 100 people. Looked like a good house from the match I people? watched. It, it looked full. Last yeah. last show, I watched the so night. So 100 bull- people. Bill Bill Blaze and Adam Knight. I watched that uh, show. Bill Blaze. What do you think of Adam Knight's promo at the end of that? Did you miss me? That wasn't how he talked. <laughs> William Blaze. He yelled. I didn't think it was. I, I don't know. He was kind of like he got pinned and then he just got up and he was walking around. Yes, he did not like, want to sell that he lost because so, he's trying to extend the angle. Right. I don't know. No, the problem was he was the champion. He lost but, the title. But hold on. You don't go. I don't know. Who is booking this? You don't go Billy Blaze. a barroom brawl. And now you're going to do the blow-off match, and it's just a wrestling match? That's backwards. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's like, why don't you do the steel cage match, match one, then do a Texas bull rope match, and then do a, well, no, I a actually, rest, regular wrestling match. Two, two out of three no, falls no, match. So I actually stupid. see the value in doing it that way. Oh, do where you? you do the step second, because theoretically, if Adam Knight is winning the final match, it's because he's a much better wrestler than Billy Blaze, and the barroom brawl fit Billy Blaze's actual style. Then do the straight up wrestling match in an angle, like an Iron Man, 30 minute Iron Man match or hey, something like that. So do, you want steps, you step, have step. to, you up, can't do multiple steps you can't, in a program. You, you have to up the ante every time. If there's going to be a three match series, unless it's a best of maybe see I think the thing was, they were thinking, how do we market this next show? To draw, well, we can make the Billy Blaze Adam Knight match a barroom brawl. That's, I think, how they came to it. I would bet. Maybe. And they were just thinking, well, we have no because they had no name on that show, did they, or did they? No, I don't no, think they no, did. So they so. were like, well, well, Adam Knight's not going to draw on his own. Let's add, let's add some polish to that. That's yeah. what I think they came to. They January twentieth, they're running it back. Yeah, Haley Knight J. Blaze three. Ah, Adam Knight, if you, okay, so if you're Primo's and you're sitting there going, well, Adam Knight's are one of our best wrestlers. He's not going to draw. Like he's not a guy that people pay to come see. So you got to put him in there with somebody who people pay to come see, right? Mm -hmm. Billy Blaze is, I like Billy a lot. So I don't want to come across as I'm crapping on the guy. I, I think in the case of Primo's, it's, all amounting to nothing for them. And you know what I saw after, and I think he was feeding into this one Facebook after he's like, I, the night of the show, he's like, I'm wondering if it's all worth it. Yeah. I think that's feeding into, um, Marty Skrull taking over the company. Yeah. Well, he said this was going to be his last show is what he told people. This is hoping, and he's hoping to draw a house off. Yes. Yes. Does he not realize that nobody has an emotional attachment to Primo? So no one cares. Doesn't understand that. Yeah. Cause like, Okay. Like, imagine me running a, a show. AEW wasn't around that long, right? So AEW, and WFX wasn't really around that long. AEW was around maybe 10 shows in Winnipeg, 25 shows total. Imagine I said, we're running our last show. People would say, well, no wonder he ran out of money, right? Mm-hmm. No one's going to say, oh, mm-hmm. please don't close it down, right? He's got some nice merchandise. Would you wear a Primo's hoodie? Yeah. We should get Mike Davidson a Primo's I would wear, hoodie. You know, and you know why presents. I would wear a Primo's hoodie? Why? Ironically? Well, it's like, I actually like having them to talk about. 
Like yeah. anyone who thinks I want Primos to fail is insane. Maybe we should get Primos to send us some swag. We can actually. They put will it on never send after, it for free. after we've blown their their angle. Let's put it. We on. didn't blow their angle. Let's. Well, he, he, blew, he, blew, he, he blew wants. He wants yeah. it out there. I have a feeling he's listening to the show. Of course, waiting for us to talk about this, and he's giggling to himself, going, "I'm getting exactly what I want." Guess listen, what, pal? You get it every time we talk about. Listen, you. this guy's got more bigger things to worry about than what the name of his next show. What is. does he have to worry about? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, dig. We'll talk about dig. that off the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's our take on Primos. Yeah, Marty Skrull, Haley J. There's people that are interested about Haley J. Yeah, sure. I mean, she was on Netflix. That's you know, but I don't think. Do she you know how many Bruce Willis movies are on Netflix? I don't know how many. Dozens. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, I agree. And I agree. And, and it's a classic. Unanimous. Agreement. Die Hard yep. is one of the best movies I'll, I've ever. I watch it every Christmas. Yes, exactly. And Bruce Willis. In his in in the eighties and nineties was a fantastic actor, but after two thousand and five, he made a lot of terrible movies. But there's a lot of so just because you're on Netflix, and even if a lot of people watch you on Netflix, are you a draw? Now Jesse Goddard's friend of mine was on Big Brother, mm-hmm. and when we had him in two thousand ten, he did exactly for business what we needed him to do. But if you added Jesse Goddard's to your show today because he's on Netflix, it would not matter. No, unless you have an angle. Unless you're going to bring him more than once, but if you bring in Jesse Goddard as a one-off, you're bringing in an indie guy. Haley J is an indie girl, mm-hmm. and who is she going to wrestle? Kat Von Hees, maybe Mark That'd be Merrick, okay, but maybe Mark Merrick's wife, player two. <laughs> remember he had her. He he under. Remember he had a sold show, a guarantee to yeah. a First Nations community, and he advertised. I think it was Harry, and Harry didn't make it. He advertised the name, okay. and the name didn't make it. So. His make good was a woman's match, and his wife was one of the women. Come on, no, I'm serious. That's what I heard. Actually, speaking of that, do you see there was a there was some new unknown woman at Rob Stardom's wrestling for a cause show at ringside? No. Did you see? No, some I didn't new see. Valet. Really? Oh yes. I'm glad you brought up wrestling for a cause. <laughs> what that cause is? I what's the the valet? I don't know. I just never seen her before. Okay. And hopefully never see her again. I oh, love it's that situation. I love Rob Stardom. Not as much as producer Chris loves Rob Stardom, but I I've we've gone back way like nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah. Before I I think I knew him before I knew you, but yep, around you the did. same time. Yep. And this is a guy that I will let get away with anything because of that history. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a Stanton. But I cannot endorse. That's bad. Using people who do not belong on a wrestling show because you're... So if I go to one wrestling show, two local wrestling shows, and I see one show and it's CWE, and I see Mentolo against Chad Daniels in a match that blows my effing mind. Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, okay, I'll go to wrestling for a cause because I see two people that are the same on the poster. And I go to wrestling for a cause and I say, I will never go to another lo- local wrestling yep. show again because that was terrible. It's like that. There's some guy named Orville something, Orville Redenbacher or something. Orville something. Oh, he's yeah. He, he's got the, he does the Redenbacher gimmick. That, for the sake- that guy was giving me, he, he was in the, the CWE um, Rumble to remember and he was giving some guy forearms, the shittiest forearms. Why would Danny use them? Great question. So I, I got in the ring and I took him in the corner and I just lit him up, and I hit him with some nice, beefy forearms. And I'm like, that's how you hit somebody. Yes. And then he sent me a message to his credit thanking me for doing that because I said, man, you can't do that kind of stuff in a ring that I'm in. 
that makes us all look bad. Exactly. I'm you not are just as bad as him. No, I wasn't going to tolerate it. Because he's not as good as you, yep. but you're, you're as bad right. as him. Now, what I will say, wrestling for a cause, mm-hmm. inspires me to say this. There has to be a minimum quality standard. Yeah. If you can't meet this, you do not belong on a show. And I said this to Sean Northstar Reed in 2010, and I was not nice about it. No, I remember. I essentially bullied a guy that was twice my size, saying, you don't belong in my business. Now he's a Cub Scout. Way to go. He, you know what? He would be a good Cub Scout. He's a Cub Scout. No. That's actually a great how, spot how, for How do you him. become a Cub Scout as an adult? I, I think he's like a Cub Scout Like a, a lead counselor. Oh, gotcha. Like okay. a counselor. Like, I, what a great gimmick, though. Have, oh, yeah. In a Cub Scout if with, he, with the little blue... I, w- I yeah, would actually would have, I would have awesome. treated yeah. him like Frank Fiedler. Remember Big oh, Frank? Not Frank qualified to be a wrestler. Nope. Knew he wasn't, yep. but because of his impressive size, okay, we can get him... We can, we're going to... We can protect him. Protect him. Yep. Use his size to his advantage. The people at the lid all knew him, and, and fan, regulars came because mm-hmm. he was on the show. Yep. And he was a very nice guy very and professional nice. in the yep. locker room. Very important details. Yep. So I thought, okay, if we can control this, we can do this. But if you can't, as a promoter, and, and Rob, please heed my advice. If you can't get to a minimum professional quality standard, you don't, you don't deserve to run a show. And guys who are above that standard need to say, Rob, I'm not touching your show. And he had 100 people at this show who 100 people saw this. In and- Selkirk. Whenever they think of wrestling, this is what they're going to think now. Yeah. They, and there's a lot of no-shows, a bunch of no-shows. on Who no-showed? Um, it was... Chevy? Chevy no-showed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about the reason. He's <laughs> running out of opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Malcolm Lovechild, Madman Muir. What's going on with him? I don't know. Why would he there no-show? There again is a Adrian guy, Burton. Now, I'm, I'm going to hurt Eli's feelings here, Madman Muir. I don't know that he meets the minimum no. quality No, he standard. doesn't. No. So. Absolutely not. Who would notice, who would care that he knows show? No, right? but it's just like people just like, have you ever no show to show? Yeah. I, C- ne- I never have. CWF uh, 1998. Is that because you thought you're going to get beat up or stretched? No, it was, Ernie called me and said, you're under contract. You have to show up. I was already talking to Stanton and wanted to leave. Easy was the booker. Ernie said, Easy's going to call you and tell you what, what your what your responsibilities are. Easy called me, was kind of aggressive with me, and basically said, you're nothing but a ref. I said, well, I don't want a ref. He said, well, that's what you are. And I said, okay, well, I don't, I don't know if that leaves me with anything. And I left that call believing Easy said, if you don't want to do it, I don't give a, a, a F. I don't consider that a no-show. Well, exactly. I was confused. The promoter told me I had to, by contractual obligation, be at his show. The booker called me and told me I was basically the shits and that he didn't care. Why did you ever sign a contract with that guy? I've never told this story. Do I have time to tell it? We're on 50 minutes, but I say tell it. It's a good story. <laughs> that, power, he tried to get me to sign a contract. Pro, I told him the ghost. I'm smarter than to sign a local wrestling contract. Let I hope so. Power Pro Wrestling lured me away from CWF in the summer of 97. And they ran three shows and it was a, it didn't work for me. But they promised more money and Vance was leaving and Andy Anderson was, JT Atlas was leaving town and wasn't going to be wrestling. And staying in the CWF didn't appeal to me at that point because Brian Jewell had taken over the book. Ernie and I did not, never got along. I, I liked Brian, but 
Vance and my and I were cousins, and Vance said, "You're leaving," so I was leaving. So I won the junior heavyweight title. I quit and left. Mm-hmm. Go to Power Pro Wrestling. They fold within three shows. Right. Four months, I was gone. So in January, I had no ambition to go back to CWF, and then they named Stryker, Steve Stryker, one of my very best friends, yep. the Booker. And Ernie called me and he's like, I want to do an angle. And I said, I, I don't know. I heard you're putting everybody under contract. Well, I have to, cause you all jumped on me. And I was like, we jumped because we didn't like the way the business was, yeah. the way that we were structuring things. Anyway. So he said, you have to sign a contract if you work for me for two reasons. One, if you get injured, I want the release and indemnity. And two, I don't ever want people jumping to co- create my competition. And I said, I am not comfortable signing a contract. So we left it that I was going to come visit a show. I can't remember. It was a North End Community Club and Saxon was there and Stryker was there. And I think Vance was there and I just wanted to go visit. Mm. I had no ambition to come back. And Stryker was like, you're coming back. And I was like, fine, but I don't want to sign a contract. And Ernie was like, you got to sign a contract. And so like, I was like, no, I'm not signing the contract. And they were like, and Stryker said, shut up and sign the F in contract. And so I, and I was going to wrestle on the, I think it was Battle Royal. Did everybody sign that contract? Everyone was signed. Really? For one year. So I signed the contract, but it was because I was like under immense duress. Dis- duress. Like everyone is telling me and Stryker shut up and sign the F in contract. Cause I was trying to, Hey, I wanted to have somebody professionally read it. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know what this is, yep. what the obligations are. And so I signed it. So then that was in like mid 98, early 98. Yeah. And then by September of 98, easy taking the book and he wanted nothing to do with me. No problem. So I was like, okay, good. <laughs> like I theoretically couldn't do anything until yeah. March of 99. So I didn't wrestle for Stanton until April, May or June of 99. So I didn't breach the contract by working for a, co- yeah. for a competitor. So Ernie, when I started with Wayne and we started to get traction, served me for breach of contract. And I was like, why are you saying, well, you know, showed a date at Stagger Lee's in September. I said, I was confused. Yeah. You called me and told me I had to be there. Your booker called me and said, if you don't want to be a ref, I don't need you. Don't come. Yeah. So I said, I, I didn't come based on that. Okay. So mm. Ernie was suing me for, there was a, in the contract, <laughs> it said, you. if you breach this contract, you, you're obligated to pay $1,000. Oh, oh my God. God. Like that would have so that's up. what he was suing me for was $1,000 in cash. Day before court, he stayed the suit, but he filed and he served. He, I got a registered letter saying I'd appear in court. I was ready. I had brought Steve Stryker as a, as a witness. I had brought Vance as a witness. They were all going to say that I had no ambition to sign the contract. What a goof. Now, I w- believed Easy Rider Curtis Rothenberger was going to testify on behalf of Ernie. And in that, I was going to ask him, did you not say this? And it would have been hearsay. He would have denied it. But in the end, I would have been able to say the company did not place any value on me. How could they then charge a penalty for me for not, I didn't work for their competition. They also work. They also got you to sign something under duress, which would never hold up. So that'd be 99. 99 was when the suit was to be September. That was right before I came on at bumpers in October. Um, The actual suit was supposed to be heard in December of 99 and it got dropped the day before. So a thousand dollars in 99, that's all. Two years of indie bookings. Oh, at least Ernie was yeah. only, wasn't running that. Much. <laughs> I mean, two and, years. Yeah, for some guys. That's yeah, which is funny. Twenty I'll tell years. You, something Ernie <laughs> did late in ninety nine, ninety eight, is he started to pay better. Like he he upped the pay where guys were making forty or fifty dollars when it used to be if you got ten dollars you were doing good. He started to really. I don't know how he did it. Whether he it was driven by revenues or if he just said, "Listen, I'm going to be paying better based on this." But that's, mm. that's what it was. But yeah. Mm. Um, do we have anything to say about CWE right now? 
I have a really funny Jay Rockney story I need to talk to you about. Okay. And how did AJ Sanchez and Kevin Cannon do with their training program? You know what's hilarious is that they had a massive turnout. Yeah, I saw a picture of yeah, it. Yeah, and the, there was a whole bunch of guys there who I'd never seen before. I think they actually got six trainees out of out of that training session. So it was very professionally done. I think I sent you guys some of the literature that they provide, some of these trainees. Impressive. So, very yeah. impressive. Yes. So they, they put it together, very structured. And uh, yeah, no, I mean. So did they select six and say, okay, you guys are ready to go to the next level? Or did six say, after doing this, I want to continue? I believe that's what happened. They okay. want to continue. Okay. So of a say, I think it was 24 or 20. There was a lot of people in that picture. So I'm not And sure. they got, they weeded out. Or maybe the other guys, you know, maybe it wasn't for them. Yeah, or and the again, financial commitment. And again, that's the whole point of the thing, right? It's like, maybe if you ever had this, I've had this thought, hey, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should try this. And then, ah, you know, it's thousands of dollars, but you know, for two or 300 bucks or whatever it was, you show up, try it out. Maybe you figure out, hey, this isn't for me. And you've kind of closed that door and you walk away. Or it's like, you know, I really like this. Let's move forward. Yeah, so, mini, yeah. A mini camp is a great idea. Yeah, we, I thought it was great. We should try to get AJ and Kevin on or get together with them and quickly interview them. I'd like to hear what what makes this approach different than what AJ's done in the past. Yeah. Because I we know it I know it's different, but I want to hear what they have to say of how they came up with this and what sort of results they've gotten and I like what they're doing. That's We should talk also about uh, our friends at uh, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling. They just had their uh their December show. Sold out, believe it or not. Sold out again. Great show. Yep. The next show. You were there. I was there. Yep. January. Representing uh, BUSHI's Wrestling. BUSHI's Wrestling, yes. January 25th, cold out. Is sold out. Three again. hours later, sold out. It's not even news anymore to say sold yep. out. Like, this is, a, it's ridiculous how it happens so quickly. By the way, I think they might have been listening because when Bobby Shink hit the ring to take on, or yep. to attack Tyler Colton, Causing I, the disqualification uh, in the main uh, event, which uh, will lead to a three-way at the next show. Exactly. I saw him throw down a syrup bottle yep. on the way out. It wasn't It wasn't as obvious as I would have loved to see him do it in the ring, like get in the ring and throw it, but he just kind of, I saw him kind of drop it, but yeah. that's you something you brought up. Yeah, you got to be careful with the syrup bottle, because if you throw that and it breaks open, it no, is it, a it, bitch it, to clean up. It looked like it was empty to me, oh, but, okay. I, but I was on the other side of the so, gimmick. So here's what I will say with Bobby Shink. The people love him. He is one of the most over people yep. in that roster. Yep. And I said going into the show at the Burt's that they did not need to do that title change based on what the people think of, of Bobby Shink. Mm -hmm. Bobby Shink is still a very, very hot, hot property for them. But Bobby Shink had done things business-wise that made it ideal for them to change the belt. Yeah. You can keep doing what you're doing, yeah. but you can't do it as our champion, basically. Yeah. Um, now, in that crowd, he's a hero because that crowd is the same crowd that likes Orange Cassidy, that likes a little bit of that, you know, the soft the humor gaga. aspect of well, it. Well, you know, and I got a report from somebody, not from producer Chris, of course, which I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, but somebody had said to me, like, he was talking to some of the other fans who were there. And again, it's the same story. They had no idea there was any other wrestling locally. They had... They, they didn't know. So they didn't know there was a CWE, nope, even though it's nope. been around over a dozen years? Nope. They had no idea. Um, they had never heard of any local wrestling besides this. These people he had never seen at any other show. So again, we talk about their network, 
how they're able to get these new faces, new fans who continue to go to the shows. I have it's a very impressive. I have a theory, and Devin's going to laugh hysterically when he hears it because it's probably dead wrong. But I have a feeling that because Winnipeg is in their title, that people who Google stuff in Winnipeg, it comes up probably pretty prevalent. That's pro- that's might I that might and be that's an why they get like a happy yeah, accident. And that might be why but, people sample it because they're like, oh, I like pro wrestling on TV. And, well, just think if you were thinking all of a sudden out of the blue, you decided you haven't been to wrestling for a long time. Let's look up wrestling locally. What do you type in? Winnipeg wrestling, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, or so there's two of the two of the yeah. le- the words in their title. Yeah, when back in the day we wanted to avoid having Winnipeg. Yeah, you didn't want to be known as local, right? You didn't, yeah. you, didn't want to be known. You as wanted that. A, a name that was not ge- geographically specific. But this th- this person also said to me that he thought there was probably a lot of those fans who were there were some of the sponsors because when they would announce whoever half pints, there's a big pop for half pints, so it looked like to him that some of those tickets went to sponsors in the upper deck there. That's a wonderful situation if that's happening. But, you know, and the other thing is, he said, the bar line, and we know wrestling fans are notoriously... They don't drink. They don't drink. The bar line was long all night. We've seen that every time we've gone to WPW. We're usually the the two dipshits standing in line for a beer. I remember at the museum show, we waited in line. It had to be 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Maybe not 15, but it was It was a while. And you won't see that yeah. with the, you know, no. but it's. The They've pe- got a great formula. Yeah. Whatever they're doing works. Yep. And Keep it up. they don't need to change much. Like nope. it really is. It's, it's impressive. And I, I, they, we call them the darlings of our show. No, we don't call them that. People have accused us of them yes. being our darlings, but it's not even that. I would love to be able to say, Hey, do this. I'd love to treat them, give them the Primo's treatment and audit, audit their, what they do. And say, what are you effing thinking? Yeah. But everything they do, it's like, well, I never thought of that. Or I've thought of that, and I'm impressed at how well it's being executed. So they, and, and they're the one company, when I always say this, this is a, a big compliment to them. If they hired Mike Davidson as a consultant, they would get some good advice. They would get some good feedback. Yeah. But I wouldn't move the needle much for them. It's not like if Primos hired me as a consultant, they would get a lot more out of it because mm-hmm. they would grow from some of the ideas. Yeah, CWE would get a lot more out of me than 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 WPW, but WPW, they don't need no that that voice of what happened ten. This would have worked fifteen years ago because yeah. I'm apparently out of touch. It would also work today if done this way. They don't need that because what they're already doing is working to their audience that continues to grow. And they have some exciting things planned. What's going to be interesting for them in 2024 is when they go to the museum in the spring, Mm -hmm. the bar was set 600 people. Much like AEW has got to come back to Winnipeg and do 7,000 or 8,000. WPW's got to do 600 again this spring. I think they can do it. Last year they did it while the Jets were on T. Well, the Jets were playing locally on a Saturday night. Yeah. Then they got to get to the Burt in October, and they got to try to draw a thousand again. Can they do that? I think they can, because they have a vision for what they want to do and how they want to do it, and they do it very well. Do you know what I want to do right now? I want to go to the mailbag. Welcome. You've got mail. That's a sweet sound around these parts. It means it's time for the mailbag. Two questions this week. You can get yours in by going and emailing us, totalbshes at gmail.com. B She's Wrestling on Instagram, B She's Wrestling on Facebook. We are also on X. This one is coming to our Twitter. inbox. We're on Twitter. Twitter, sorry, you don't call it 
uh, X around here either. Um, Daniel Lavely asks, why do you think WPW sells out so fast and Primo's does so poorly? Okay. So first and foremost, I don't know that Primo's does poorly. Like they're in a small venue. They're trying to make that their base. It and seems. there's people at their, yeah. at their shows. Yeah. And it's, I think Primo's and CWE draw a lot of the same people though. I'll say. But I don't know that to be fact, so I should watch what I say. Um, One thing I'll say about WPW, what they do very well in talking to Devin and Ben, the owners of WPW, is everything they do, they think about, will we have credibility if we do this? Like, there's obviously, I don't know if it comes common sense to them or if it's a commitment to to common sense. They they never do anything where you hear it and you go, what in the sweet F are they thinking? (laughs) It never happens, right? So take that into consideration. There's nothing there where they're like, whereas at least once a month, no, once a month, once a week, (laughs) we hear something from Primo's where we're like, what, (laughs) like, what are they trying to accomplish with this? Well, WPW also has done a good job because they were again, fans. Yes. They were fans. They know what they like. They know what they didn't like. They saw what they perceived as mistakes and they didn't repeat those. So they've done a great job of executing what their game plan is. Big problem with people at at least the independent wrestling level. And I'm going to say local because that's where I am. But you have promoters who think they're smarter than the fans. They don't think of the fans on the level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's where Devin and Ben would be different because yeah. they came as fans. Yeah. You have no business if you don't have a large number of fans. So don't treat fans like, Hey, I'm doing you a favor by promoting the show. Right. Or don't treat fans like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, can I get you tickets today? You know, like don't pastor a fan. Oh, we should talk about that later on. We will mention that later, but talk about that. I will say this. If you are promoting a good show, like I sometimes will send a link to a few people. So if you get the link from me, it means that I want to hear what your feedback is from the show, Mm -hmm. but I don't like, I know hundreds of wrestling fans locally. I don't send them the link. Say, please listen to this. Because then our numbers are only solicited. Yeah, we've never actually. No, like I'll put out a post on Facebook and say, hey, please, you know. Hey, this this is what we talked about this week. Exactly. If you want to listen, great. And then I watch the numbers and I know, okay, people are listening. I would never want to artificially stimulate people to like it. Mm -hmm. So I think in the case of Primos, promoters who have to say, hey, can you buy this ticket from me? It looks like you're. It's like Begging. soliciting and, and it's almost like you're, you're trying to, it's almost like you're like trying to get a donation from somebody. Mm. Whereas WPW, here's our presentation. Here's the show. Here's the cool concept we came up take with. Take it or leave it. Please, you know, exactly. And, and they'll take it. And they take it really fast. It's a difference. It's, they know the fans are there and they have faith in the fans. Uh, it's a completely different philosophy. Yeah. You heard it here first. Mike Davidson says no to artificial stimulation. <laughs> Second question coming in from Geoff. It's another Jeff, but a different spelling. Who okay. is your wrestler to watch for in 2024? He just left it very open like that. So okay. uh, it could be local, could be national. Uh, I'm assuming he probably means national. I think he probably means nationally, but I, I have a couple local guys pop to mind for me. So um, we could do one of each. Sure, absolutely. Go first, Chris. Um, as far as an indie wrestler, I think Mo Jabari kind of jumps to the front of my mind a little bit. He's not the biggest guy in the ring either, for sure, but his skill is really good, and he's got that Bret Hart sort of rub 
So he's getting more bookings. The more bookings he gets, the better he gets. So if he commits to it, I think Mo Jabari could be a, a big deal in a couple of years. I don't think he's going to be there yet, but it, this is going to be the start of it. And your national guy? I don't have a national one yet. Okay. I have a national one. Okay. You guys won't know who this person is, but I'll tell you, keep an eye out for her. And it's Lola Vice. Have you seen Lola Vice no. on NXT? have no. not. Former MMA fighter. Um who's made a very, very good transition to wrestling. Uh, she's on NXT every week. She's the female breakout champion. Uh, check it out. I mean, it's easy to say Tiffany Stratton, you know, sure. all these types of people. But Lola Vice. Um, and honorable mention to uh, Kiana James. Interesting. Two women uh, in that stacked women's division of WWE. For locally, I'm going to put myself over here. No, oh, it, it's you. Keep your eye out for me. Not GF. I got some. I got some. Some good stuff cooking in 2024. There's gonna be some exciting things. Some exciting things happening. So uh, stay tuned. Let's just say. Interesting. Okay, uh, I'll go with my second one. You sort of jogged my mind with the female slant. Somebody I'm a big fan of. I don't. I, I don't even know if you can call this national or not. But I guess you can. TNA. I think Jordan Grace is really awesome. I think she could do something in. Either of the two big companies, if she wants to, I get the feeling maybe she doesn't want to though. She's a pain. She's a pain in the butt. You've <laughs> said, you've said it before. It's okay. Okay. Did I say it? I'm okay. pretty sure you did. You okay. think you said she's a pain in the ass to, to deal with, but uh, yeah. I like her her presentation. Okay. Are we she's gonna, different for sure. Yeah. Are we going to get to me ever? No, we're done. Next okay. question. Sounds good. <laughs> um, Let's move on. <laughs> I will say this: like that uh, independent wise, uh, wrestler from BC, Leon Lacumbo. Brother plays in the CFL. Right. How would you lazy car in that? Lee's Lakees. Uh, he is extremely interesting because his, he comes from a family of pro athletes. I think two brothers play in the CFL, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So I think Leon Lacumbo is he's going to be a big deal. He's on the West Coast right now. Could be booked for BC's wrestling as they start up in 2024. If I was running in 2024, Leon Lacumbo. When would you get, run? When you run in 2024? You asked me today or Where since Grey Cup, I'd say zero. Zero. I'm exhausted. Oh, I am it's still been a rough still go. Dejected yep. from that loss. Been a rough go. Tough um, L. I'm gonna tell you a guy that I think leaves his company, goes to one of the other two, and actually has a bit of an impact is Mike Speedball Bailey. Oh I think he he either becomes a very, very big star in impact or he leaves and goes probably to AEW yeah. and has an impact on their roster. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say that is I think he is the guy that is the most talented guy, one of the two or three most talented guys in that certain age range in TNA. They may keep him. They, they'll probably try to lock him down and they'll try to feature him with, especially now that they're going back to TNA, X Division is going to, they're going to try to throw back the X Division. Osprey's coming back again. Okada's doing some Osprey's dates. Osprey's allowed to do. He's doing January date in Vegas. Okada's doing the January date in Vegas. That's got to be Osprey's last date, right? Well, he's under contract till the end of January. For? New Japan. And that's why he's allowed to? And then he starts with AEW and I guess. I guess. Interesting. Yeah. I wish you had mentioned that earlier. Um, but Mike Bailey's my guy on the national scale. So that's the answer. It's Lacombo and Bailey. All right, there we go. That's our two questions in the mailbag this week. And you know what you want to do to get them on? We always like the audio questions. We haven't had audio. Qu well, we had one last week during our mega mailbag, but they've been live from New York. Live from New York. I did Saturday that. We had night. two. Scott, Scott 
Carnegie. That's right, answer. Scott Car- Carnegie. So keep sending in those audio questions. I did the event goes center. right to the front of the line. I did the event center poolside in Florida. That's last true. Week. Just calling it in, hey? Yeah, just calling it in. Speaking like I of which, yes. I would like to hear the event center. He's simply ravishing. This is your Bishi's Wrestling Event Center. We start in Alberta. Friday, December 15th, Can-Am Wrestling comes to Redwater. We move to Manitoba. Saturday, December 16th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite comes to Deloraine. And finally, we shift to our neighbors south of the border in North Dakota. Thursday, December 14th, Time Bomb Pro Wrestling comes to Fargo. And then Saturday, December 16th, Time Bomb Pro Wrestling comes to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that has been your BG's Wrestling Event Center. So it's episode 85 on BG's Wrestling, and we've got a $50 gift card to give away to the world-famous Palomino Club, and here's how you win it. It's easy. Go to our social media, share BG's Wrestling. There will be a post for you to share, and if you share that post, you're automatically qualified to win a $50 gift card courtesy of the world-famous Palomino Club. Christmas came early for somebody. Yes. Just in time for the holidays. Maybe go to a Booty Shake Monday. People have some time off work. With our friend Adam Adam West hosting. I'll be taking... Uh, you some... should you should do a celebrity appearance there. I've been on the Booty Shake uh, stage. No, I'm West. talking about an official celebrity appearance. Oh, well, Yeah, hey. not shaking your ass. <laughs> well, hey, don't want to excite people. All right. Sure. Something we talked about that I wanted to circle back to when we were talking about the question from the mailbag, WPW yeah, yeah. versus promoters love to put pressure on wrestlers to sell tickets. It mm-hmm. makes their job easier. Mm-hmm. And it's, I get why promoters think that I will. I, if I was running a wrestling company right now, my job would be to promote market, to make people care about the company, to make people want to, sp- businesses want to sponsor the business, mm-hmm. to create a relationship with venues that people will get behind, that venues will believe in what we want to do. Yep. I, when I ran WFX in 2010, there were 600 tickets per show to sell. Wrestlers did come and sign them out and sell them, but I never once said, please do this. Mm-hmm. Guys would say to me, can I get 20 tickets to sell? You absolutely can. Consignment. You come sign for them. You can have them. I pulled an Adam Knight on the last show. I probably moved two, 200 tickets myself. Adam Knight has never moved 200 well, tickets he would, in he his would, career. He, he would ask for them. Yes. <laughs> you pulled a reverse Adam Knight. Yes. But yeah, like, you actually took the tickets and sold them. But that actually cost me money because I didn't have the tickets in my hand. I would direct people to the website. Oh, so you weren't getting your VIG. No, I, but well, they no, that tells me. me something though <laughs> about that draw. So it's here's the thing. If you're a promoter. And the reason why you're called a promoter is because you take the job of promoting that brand. Your job is to market the tickets. Mm -hmm. And every time you book a wrestler, you think to yourself, how can I market this guy to sell more tickets? Mm -hmm. It's not, this guy's a, this is common. This guy can move 30, 20 tickets himself. I'm going to get him on the show. And oftentimes you compromise credibility and quality just because you need that 20 tickets sold. And that's part of the problem. There was a discussion this week that I was a part of where someone was saying basically to the effect of, uh, you know, what can we do to get the wrestlers on the shows to promote the shows more? How? Like social media? Yeah, basically. And I, and I was like, I didn't want to, I was going to start typing an answer to that, but I'm like, you know, I'm just going to, they all listen to the show. Let's talk about it here. For me, I promote shows that I'm on 
because I know at least I will be on that show, so there will be a level of professionalism there. There are shows, you know, with, I'll put it, like CWE. There are shows that I'm not on. I wouldn't promote some of those shows because I don't think there are people as qualified as they should be. That's the minimum quality standard that promoters need to follow. So, exactly. So, the moral of the story is, I am a professional. I present myself professionally. In order for me to feel comfortable promoting the show, I expect the venue, the other talent, the presentation. I I expect there to be some sort of level of professionalism in that as well. I would imagine, Does that make sense? Yeah, I would imagine that discussion is pertaining to how do I get the wrestlers to take the initiative to promote their own effort on my show? Or because even, why would I yeah. why would I want Shane Madison, my one of my top dogs, to promote the show he's not on to people in his network that are then going to come hoping to see Shane Madison that are autom- that are automatically going to be disappointed that he wasn't there. Yep. That they thought he was going to be there. They came out. It, it isn't the commitment of money. This is what people don't understand. The commitment of money is a small part of actually what you're asking people to do to support your wrestling company. It's actually the commitment of, I got to go and spend three hours. Now people say, well, it's entertainment. They're going to like it. No, actually, as the Winnipeg Jets now find out, it's hard to get people to mm-hmm. commit to three hours a night. People are so busy. So it's not like, hey... I'm going to go on a date. I'm going to go to a movie or I'm going to go to a restaurant because I want to experience that local wrestling hasn't done enough to provide entertainment value first so that people are like, I can't wait to give you my money. WPW maybe is the exception to that rule. So now we we used to do that back in the MVP days, right? Yeah. We did that every week. Yes. You know, but so now I think the thing is, is, Promoters have to sit there and think, are we giving them enough entertainment that they want to give us three hours of their time? Because I don't think it's the money. Yeah. Even in the, in this world right now where people are trying to spend less, 15 20 $25 in this current world where gas is what it is, and $25 isn't that much in the grander scheme of things. It's the commitment of the three hours of the time that I now have to leave my house, yeah. and I have to go out, and I have to come home, and by the time it's all said and done, I was out for four and a half hours, did I get enough value for the time I invested? Yep. And that's like me too. That's why a lot of time I just stay home because yep. I'd rather stay home and have a couple beers at my place and go to bed at a decent time and watch TV and in, just relax. In the early 2000s, you had to leave your house because you maybe had a Sega Genesis, a uh, PlayStation. You maybe had a cable package, but there wasn't enough at home to keep you busy. Now with the internet and the phone and leaving your couch is a commitment. So you got to give them something that inspires them to leave their couch. But I will also say for the wrestlers who were asked it's to... not their job. Their job is they're paid to perform. Fair. But I would like to see, like, and we get asked, you know, to hey, we should do some promos for the upcoming shows. If you're going to be on a show, you should put, you should, it should be very easy for somebody to put together a minute promo. Their so, promos suck. Yes, but like, okay, so if they suck, then let's do... Let's get all get together and do some coaching on it. Okay, so the three best promos I've seen this year for local wrestling shows was your promos for promoting uh, Rumble to Remember, mm-hmm. Red Hot Summer with 92 City FM yep. promoting the WPW shows, and what would be number three? 
you know what? Number three wasn't actually an audio or a video. It was graphics that promoted Mentolo as a superhero. And it made me think, you know what? I want to see what this guy, yep. the real life version of this, of this comic book hero. Mm-hmm. That's what Mentolo did very well. So those are the three best things that I think marketed local wrestling. They're wrestling at a local scale. WPW had some cool names. They had some like show names. They had cool, you know, uh, visions for what they wanted the show to look at. They had a great venues. That's a bit, that's a big part of it. Yep. They made it an yes. event. Yes. That's what it presentation, is. Presentation, professional yes. presentation. I know if I leave my house and I go to a WPW event, I'm going to go, this was pretty good. Yeah. Whereas, you know, so I think what promoters need to stop thinking about is how do I get the guys to do more? Start thinking, how do I inspire people to want to take the time, leave the couch, go to the event, and leave feeling like it was worth my time? It's not the money, it's the time. That's my thought. That's a great Uh, point. Before we go, uh, the wrestling world, Canadian, we lost a Canadian in the wrestling world. Uh, Dropkick Murphy passed away in the last week, and it is, uh, a lot of people are affected by this. Whether you were a fan who enjoyed his wrestling or whether you were one of the boys who enjoyed sharing a locker room with him, uh, we send our thoughts out to the people affected by the loss of Dropkick Murphy. Rest in peace. with another edition of the Stampede Wrestling Show. 